Giving Credit is a podcast giving those making a difference their credit. On a weekly basis, we'll be interviewing parents, tech CEOs, financial experts, kid entrepreneurs, and others to learn about credit, education, financial literacy, and building wealth equity. Thanks for joining us. Another episode of Giving Credit, the podcast where we give credit to people who are making a difference in the lives of us, our families, our kids. And I'm really excited to welcome Nate Turner to the show today. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm very happy to be here. Absolutely. So I really want to dig in because you are an entrepreneur, a speaker, author, philanthropist, and a parental empowerment activist. Yes. yes. How did Mr. Turner become the Mr. Turner that he is today? <laughs> luck? How about that? Luck? Luck? <laughs> yeah. A little bit of luck. Um, the speaker part and writer completely by accident. My son encouraged me to do more. So um, this is part of doing the more that my son asked me to do. Oh, okay. um, what was the other stuff you said I did um, in terms of being an entrepreneur? I'd say that comes from my parents, more, more specifically my father, who introduced me to a rake, shovel and a lawnmower when I was nine before my 10th birthday to remind me if I wanted a bike. It was much like um Anything else that if a man wanted to eat, a man had to work. And so he said, I don't want the, the 10 speed bike. You want it. You figure out how to buy it. Mm -hmm. So he loaned me the money for my first tank of gas. And within two months time, I was able to buy my red Schwinn 10 speed. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So and you I, were instilled with a good work ethic from the beginning. Your parents were very much into making sure you understood the value of money. I think my parents knew that they didn't have a lot of financial resources. And mm -hmm. the reality was was that if if I wanted more stuff, they didn't have the ability to give it to me. Both of my parents worked for other people, which meant their income was was fixed. Mm -hmm. um, their expenses were fixed. Their expenses pretty much matched their income. And so <laughs> so if there was other stuff you wanted to do, you know, you had to figure out how to how to make those things happen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so how did you then get to where you are today? I mean, prolific writer, multiple books, TED Talk, speaker, parent, advocate. I was I was fortunate enough to meet a woman who agreed that I was worthy of being married oh. to and, and having a child with. And it is that offspring who has essentially been my biggest advocate and uh, the, the catalyst for I would say most of everything I've done over the last 25 years. Mm -hmm. So it is my son who, told, who who I wrote letters to initially. Wow. And I was just writing him because a two-year-old child wanted mail. So, I, so yeah. So oh I, I had this idea that I shouldn't write him as a two-year-old. It was an opportunity to help him to learn to read. So I would increase my own vocabulary and write to this two-year-old in a much higher um, lexile level so that he could learn to read and and his vocabulary would improve. And so when you're doing that, you're writing a two-year-old, but then you're writing a him as he's a 22. And you're writing a 12-year-old as if the 12-year-old is 52. So uh, my then 16-year-old son decided he was done with high school. He had met all of his academic uh, qualities and decided he wanted to move out of the country to chase his dream of playing professional soccer. Oh my God. So he, he moved to Brazil. 
I took some of the letters that I'd written him over the years, put them in a binder because he's going to be 7,000 miles away. We weren't going to be able to talk every day. And upon getting those letters, he's the one that said to me that we should publish those and share them with other families. Because mm-hmm. he said, when I tell him something, not only does he believe he can do it, he knows it's supposed to happen. Oh. And and that and so that there began the, the writing portion of my life and the speaking portion as well. Yeah, that's beautiful. So yeah. talk about how you've turned this into a mission to really um, help people understand their full potential as humans, help look at some of the systemic issues going on in our crazy world and, yeah. you know, really help empower the next generation as you've obviously done really well with your own child. Well, so that's the interesting thing. So I come from, I'm, I'm originally from Gary, Indiana. And Gary, yeah. Indiana yeah. is, if, if you know anything about it, right? Yeah. Um, so then I have a child whose life is vastly different than mine. Mm-hmm. And I have to ask myself one day, is my child better than me? Mm-hmm. And the answer is no, my child is me. And the question then becomes then why didn't someone do for me what I've done for my child? And if, am I going to be the same as all those other people who watch people like me flounder? Or mm-hmm. am I gonna be someone who my son can look up to and say, my dad gave me everything and he gave everybody else an equal amount for their children. Mm-hmm. That's really intense. That's really <laughs> deep and really beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, I have a 14 year old daughter and I see she is so much just her own person in the mm-hmm. beginning. She has her own thoughts, ideas, what she wants. She already knows what she wants to do, get her PhD, this, that, the other. But as parents, yeah, hundred percent, it's our job to leave the next generation better than we found it. Absolutely, absolutely. And to do everything we can in our power. Absolutely. So yeah, so, that's 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 how it all began. Yeah, but let's let's dig in a little more. So you sure. met your wife in college. I was a law student. I was in law school and graduate school. I was working on obviously a law degree, and I was also working on a dual master's degree in history and theology. Okay. And. Um, <laughs> I was part of a protest movement that the end result is that they decided that they need to hire a more diverse faculty and staff. And my my now wife was one of the people who was hired. So I always tell her, I remind her, if you don't like my mouth, remember, <laughs> remember, how, remember how you got here. It is because of my, my big mouth. So that is, that's, that's where we met. Yeah. Wonderful. So when you're looking at I mean, your son, he he left school, graduated when he was 16, Mm -hmm. followed his dreams. You Mm -hmm. prepared him to be able to move to another country at that age. What are some, you wrote him all these things. What are some of the other things that you did to help him become like a full human being, a full adult? Sure. So it's interesting. The, The Jesuits and Aristotle both have a saying. It goes a little like this. Um, Bring me a child at seven. I'll show you the man. What I understood from that was that what we did in the very formative years were the most important things we could do. But in America, um, parents learn more about putting a car seat in than they do about raising a child. Yeah. Um, we do something that is ha- has a whole lot of hubris, which will say, well, there's no manual and yet we'll have children anyway. Yeah. <laughs> right. But you wouldn't drive a car. You couldn't drive a car without a manual. 
you can't put a car seat in without like there's so many things we can't do, but we'll bring a life into the world without. And I wanted to be more responsible in that. Both my wife and I had challenging backgrounds. So we actually spent time studying how to deliver to a child. Right. Where people were learning how to eat ice chips and so forth from Lamaze, we were trying to figure out, okay, there are 10 aces, adverse childhood experiences. How do we make sure we don't pass any of those on to our child? Wow. Hey, let's what what are the occupations likely to be in 20 years? Mm-hmm. Oh, he needs to be able to do math and science really, really well. He needs to be able to read. So we were doing stuff before he was even born to put those uh, things in place. We The world is big. We want him to be a global citizen. Maybe he should learn how to speak more than one language. He speaks four and they picked up two others. So we were, we were just thinking ahead in, in ways that most families were not doing. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, you can't just say you're just thinking, well, we were just thinking ahead. I mean, you put in the work. You yeah, really yeah. did. Yeah. But I mean, I said, I, said, I, said, I was thinking ahead. I was thinking ahead of who, and I use this word all the time, who. We were thinking about who we wanted this human to be. Yeah. I think too, too infrequently, we, we don't really think about that. I was with a guy helping us with some marketing the other day, and he has two children. And he said, well, um, this is how we can help you. And I said, well, if you can't help you, if you can't sell you on what we're doing, then you're the wrong person. You have two children and you've not yet asked me one time, how do I, how can I might maybe help you help your children? Mm. So th- that's the thing that parents, you know, we do. We don't want to ask people for help. I said, listen, my son was admitted to 27 universities, 27 America's top schools. <laughs> he had more than $10.8 million in scholarship money awarded to him. He got seven PhD offers directly from undergrad. He's at Carnegie Mellon today. He's a fifth year uh, PhD candidate in School of Electrical and Computer Engineering. Mm. I might know a little bit of something about how to help you, but you want to help me with marketing, but you can't figure out how to market to you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that hits it right there. (laughs) (laughs) So have you created a manual for how to do this? Yeah, we're working on something right now. Finally, I have okay. I had an online course once. There mm-hmm. was a there was a strategy for parents, so that was a little bit of a manual. Um, I started a, a a book some years ago called "Hold On Before You Unzip Your Pants." It was mainly <laughs> it was mainly a book I was thinking about. Well, what would I write to my son and my nephews? I, I would tell them before they think about engaging in this very adult activity to think about all of these things. So if you could stop yourself in, in time and space, think about who exactly you are. Think about who your parents are. Think about what's been poured into your life. Think about who it is that you're going to be with. Think about whether or not this is a relationship that's sustainable. Even if y'all can't stay together, if you create a life, can you exist or coexist so that you can raise a child who's healthy and productive and happy? And so um, I think I've got I outlined like 12 chapters. Oh, nice. I, I finished eight of them. And then we were working on something called There's a Manual, which is to your point, we're, we're tired of hearing people say, well, you know, there's no manual for it. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> there is. <laughs> Here we have it. Yeah. And as you know, um, Kitty Credit is all about helping families change the system, mm-hmm. teach things to our kids from an early age that we didn't grow up learning you know, and break cycles and get to financial freedom, independence, understanding how to be debt-free, credit, all these these things. And these are all things that you've also have been part of your blueprint 
Um, yes. and raising the, so I'm just thinking of like sending a 16 year old to a foreign country to live. They have to understand how money works. Otherwise, Absolutely. they're, they're going to like flounder Absolutely. and be calling bank of dad. And you're going to be like, bank is closed, yeah, dude. <laughs> bank, bank is closed. Exactly. No student loans ever. Amazing. Yeah. So, but that's part of it, which is, and we talk to families, the more prepared, I, I'm not necessarily saying every child has to go to college. That is not my, I don't right, I want right. anyone to hear me say that. What I would say is that everybody should have, should know that they're prepared if that is what they're, if that's what they choose to do. Mm-hmm. So to spend 12 years in a school system and find out when you're done that you're not prepared is a problem. It's a financial problem. It's a financial problem, not just for you. It's a financial problem for your city. It's a financial problem for your state. It's a financial problem for your nation if you cannot find a way to take care of yourself. So um, that's a big part of it. I used to ask my son to do business reports um, if he wanted something from me. So like the very first iPhone, he wanted an iPhone. I said, it's great, but I don't want it. He said, well, but, but dad, he gave me all the reasons why he said he deserved it. He did his chores, like Kitty Credit says. Mm-hmm. Right? And I said, that's great, but that's not that's not exceptional to me. You're going to do that. That's part of your rent for living here. <laughs> but I need you to write me a business proposal to explain to me why you deserve, why I sh- should negotiate with you for, for an iPhone. And so he, he did. He said, but dad, I'm, a, I'm not the lawyer. You're the lawyer. I said, I don't, want the, I don't want the phone. You do. So he wrote he wrote a proposal and I got it. I want to say he was probably 11. I got the proposal and I stamped it, rejected and said <laughs> we would continue our negotiations. <laughs> and I mentioned some friends and they laughed. But it was those kinds of things that we did throughout his childhood that we think are certainly part of what makes him somewhat responsible, dare I say, um, exceptionally frugal to this day. Yeah. And the, these are things a lot of us didn't have conversations about or learn growing up. Um, my mom's from another country. My dad was, in the, you know, military kid, moved around a lot. His parents didn't talk about money. So to your point, mm-hmm. you get through school, you maybe you don't want to go to college. Maybe you want to go to trade school. Maybe you just want to go to work. But if you are going to go get additional schooling, and you haven't had those conversations around right. how much can we afford? What kind of loans can we take out? Is that really a smart choice? What if we did this? You know, yeah. it, it can cause um, a lot of fractured discussions, a lot of <laughs> arguments, a lot of hard conversations and um, mistrust. It just, I think, builds up more mistrust around family, the family unit, and then also the idea of money and finance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and some can cause you to have some missed opportunities as well. Because if you were more prepared and you decide that you do want to go, like our son, my son Naeem, did not go to college originally. So he's a 16 year old. He says, I've already earned 33 college credits. This is into my junior year. I'm not going back to high school. It's a waste of my time. I only got a limited time to be young enough to play at the level that I want to play. You need to help me get out of the country. Okay. All right. So we. <laughs> We figured out how to get you out of the country, but he got a concussion about 18 months or so later. Well, so now he didn't want to play anymore. Didn't want to risk the, the likelihood that he messes his brain up. So he says, okay, I'm going to go to college now. So he didn't want to go initially, but he was prepared such that when he applied, he could go to, he could apply to places that have to, and now we talk about families about this all the time, about endowments. There are some schools 
that have essentially a treasure trove of financial resources that can help your child go to school. There are some schools that don't have any resources. You get to choose by how well you you are prepared. And so that to me, that's part of building the credit that you talk about into the future. Yeah. So how do you find like, do you now offer yourselves up as coaches, as mentors? Um, because you know, some people might say, Oh, I don't have the time to look up those resources. I don't know how to find them. (laughs) Right. I mean, there are excuses. There are, there are people who do things like you, right. And just get it done. (laughs) And then there are the people who come up with excuses, but then there are the people who do want the information. Maybe they have the money, but they don't have as much time. So they're like, okay, come on, help me. Help me here. We should see if we can hire you to be our marketing person. You're much better than the person we talked to. Um, No, so we started an organization called the League of Extraordinary Parents. And the goal was to do just that, to help all parents, what we call be directors in your own children's lives. Too often we think parents are conditioned to outsource everything to somebody else. We give somebody else the role to be director in a child's life. Mm -hmm. And whether or not it works out or doesn't work out, at the end, if you're the studio, you get blamed for the for the bad movie. And so so we that's what we do. We show families how to do that. Sometimes it's individual one on one coaching. Sometimes it's workshops. Again, we had an online course. Uh, sometimes we work directly with children because their parents are not engaged and show them how to do stuff. But that we did. We did start an organization to do that very thing. That's beautiful. And what is how do people find this is this is that the website league of yeah it's lx the letters l x trap t-r-a-p.com i think that's right okay awesome so if you had a hundred thousand dollars given to you no taxes not no <laughs> restrictions what would you do with that money right now right now i would well i can't I, it probably wouldn't be enough to do what i really would like to do <laughs> Um, what I would like to do is start a something called a nano community. We'd like to build communities of roughly 150 people with the world's best school system that then had homes where people could actually afford them that were 3D printed and were retrofitted or or modeled in the beginning with solar and other alternative um, green energy sources so yeah. that people would no longer have to have the financial limitations that keep you from from succeeding. Man, after my own heart, I'm all about the tiny house community and like, you know, living communities and how do we help each other? Cause it really does take a village. Yeah, yeah, you know? we talk about that, right? But we don't, we don't construct villages, certainly not anymore. And with the technology that exists today, you know, you can 3D print a home with, with concrete for about $6,000. And, and instead, if you were to 3D print a home, you would pay the property, your home, you'd have to sell you or buy the home for whatever the value of, of the home was in in the neighborhood. So that mm-hmm. recently there was a home, I believe, in Maine that was 3D printed for about six grand and he sold it for 400000 I believe. Wow. Like, okay, but why? Yeah. Because we can't, right? So we can't. So we didn't help the little Nate who lives in a place like Gary, whose parents struggle to own a home and is in a terrible school system. Mm-hmm. We could. We could change that very, very easily. But that's what I would do if I had the financial resource to do that. Yeah. I should say when, not if. When, when. exactly. Yeah, right. Put it out there, put it into yeah, the universe. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so what else would you like to share with our listeners today? Because you have so much amazing advice and knowledge no, on, want, on you know, what we need to pour into our kids. I mean, mostly I just want, I want you to know I'm grateful 
that you that you reached out to me and provided me this opportunity to share with your audience. That's 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 what I want to say to you. Oh, well, thank you. Um, if there's anything I can do for you, because I've I'm ahead of the journey where you're going. Mm-hmm. So if there's anything I can do for you as you prepare your daughter for whatever the whatever she wants to do in the next phase of her life. Um, I, I want you to know you have a resource here to do oh. that. Um, the, the last only thing I want people to know is that there's this word that I think is hugely important, especially today. And that word is who. And I think more now than ever, we have to think seriously about who we want to be when our time on this planet is up. That's mm-hmm. that's how I hope you find this conversation with me, that when it's over, I want people to know I was a guy who helped people who served something greater than himself. And that when people met me, they felt like their lives matter. Yeah. We're going to have to bring your whole family on this podcast different times, get their, their parts of the story too. All right. No problem. Um, sure. Yeah. Because I think that would add a lot of value for people, you know, we're hearing your perspective and all the things that you and your wife poured into. We'd love to get her perspective, talk to your son, get his lessons also. Absolutely. Make make it a whole family affair. (laughs) Absolutely. I do have one last question for you. You said your mom is from where? Thailand. Thailand. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So do you still speak the the native language? Uh Putai didn't know. Okay. Well, a little so bit. My, yeah, she lives there. She actually oh, lives there. She she still lives there? Yeah, she wow. moved. Yeah. Okay. That's All a whole right. story. Okay. That's here. your story. That's your story yeah. for another time. Yeah, she retired, moved back. So comes back, back here to visit. Okay. But you oh. know, I mean that's another thing, right? The cost of living in other countries is phenomenal compared to here. Yeah, and that's so another too, thing when you're looking at, you know, <laughs> and, and so too is the cost of education. There are several countries mm-hmm. where you can go to school. Universities are free, and yeah. they beg people to come there and go to school for free. So yeah, wow. Well, you know, you are seriously the perfect guest. Um, I feel so much peace in this conversation. I know that you're going to continue doing great things, and I can't wait to see what your prodigy and progeny does <laughs> as well. So, Nate, thank you so much for being on. And um, beyond lxtrap.com, where else can people find you? I have a, I have a personal website. It's Nathaniel, N-A-T-H-A-N-I-E-L-A, as an Apple, T-U-R-N-E-R.com. Okay. Fantastic. And that has other resources and all the other wonderful stuff that you do, too. Yep. Fantastic. Yep. Well, I encourage all parents listening and all potential partners to the League of Extraordinary Parents and Mr. Turner and family Nate. to Nate to visit. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, Mr. Turner's my dad. Yeah, um, he, yes, he was. He's, he's gone. He's gone. But yes, that was my dad. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. To, to visit and, and learn more about these amazing resources for families, um, because this is what we all need now more than ever. So. Thank you, Nate, for being on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you to our audience for coming back for another week of Giving Credit. This podcast has been brought to you by Kitty Credit, a mobile app designed to educate children on the credit system by completing chores. Now available in the App Store and on Google Play. For more information, go to kittycredit.com. K-I-D-D-I-E-K-R-E-D-I-T.com.